0: brilliant babes. I'm your host Tatiana Jimenez. We're recording today in sunny yet brisk Salt Lake City, Utah. (laughs) Today I'm joined by Jessica Taylor. Hi Jessica. Hi Tatiana. (laughs) Thanks for being on the show and for being such a great host on this trip. (laughs) Thanks for joining me at this card table in my guest room
1: (laughs) that you're also sleeping in. It's
0: a multi-purpose room. Yes. Um, so this is my first time visiting Salt Lake City, and it's incredible. Would visit again.
1: Just putting that out there. You had an excellent <laughs> tour guide. Five out of five stars.
0: <laughs> um. So for first-time uh, listeners out there, our purpose here is to shed some light on everyday people doing brilliant things. I typically invite them into my home, cook a meal, and then we eat together and chat about their careers and how they got where they are today. Today, since we're here in Jessica's home, we are going to be eating homemade sushi, and we're going to share the recipe for what I'm going to be calling the Salt Lake City Roll. Mmm! Do we know what that is yet? It might be a little bit of brine shrimp. Could be
1: wrapped in some salt. Yes. (laughs) Maybe packed in snow. I mean, the thing about Salt Lake City is you just don't know what you're going to get till you get here. So I think we should approach dinner the same way. Yeah,
0: I'm all about that. So Jessica is an account executive at the University of Utah. So Jessica, can you share a little about what you currently do um, as your title doesn't really tell us a lot about what you do Yeah, (laughs) and your career history up until this point?
1: Yeah. Do you find that a lot of people's job titles don't? often accurately (laughs) explain what they do
0: sometimes sometimes I
1: find that (laughs) um so I work at the University of Utah in the uh, marketing and communications department our department is responsible for marketing on campus that includes uh marketing for different colleges departments programs as well as marketing the university brand so we're stewards of our brand and marketing to the community nationally, things like that. So my job as accounting executive doesn't very well describe what I do, but that's a common term used like in the advertising agency uh, for the job that I do. Mm -hmm. So I think a really simple way to wrap to like describe it Mm -hmm. is I'm a project manager. Okay. so but working on the university campus is a little bit different and I get to be involved in a lot of different types of projects. Which is is really exciting. So we function as an agency for the university to market all different types of things. Mm -hmm. Some universities have a centralized marketing department, which means that department markets everything. They would market recruitment and admissions, all on-campus departments and colleges, if they have like a health sciences or like medical um and research and athletics ours is different we we're split kind of into three parts so Mm -hmm. our medical um and school of medicine they have their own marketing for health sciences our athletics department has their own marketing and then my department exists to market the university itself and programs on campus
0: cool And then, so Jessica and I met at Western CUNA Management School. indeed, Which is not very well known, maybe. But, um, uh, so CUNA stands for the Credit Union National Association. So it's essentially a management program, like three-year management program for credit union people. (laughs) It's a whole different world. It's a very different world. So that's where Jessica and I met. So I guess, do you want to tell the listeners Mm. a little bit about your career history? History and, like, kind of how you got to the University of Utah.
1: Yes. But I think it's important to also tell the story about how I, like, forced you to be my friend because I thought you and our friend Andrea were the same person mm-hmm. somehow. Yeah. Because you looked very similar. And one day at breakfast, because it's like we lived on a college campus. We slept in dorm rooms. Mm-hmm shout
0: out to pomona college pomona
1: college Uh hey hey uh one morning in the cafeteria tatiana was standing at like the bread like the toaster and i saw her (laughs) from afar but thought she was our friend andrea and started yelling andrea andrea come over here and tatiana was like mostly i caught her attention for just yelling loudly in the cafeteria she looked at me and said are you talking to me? My name's Tatiana. I was like, oh, Tatiana, come over here.
0: And the best part was that we wore name tags. Oh, yes. (laughs) All
1: everywhere. We did wear name tags everywhere. So.
0: So that was great. But Andrea is awesome. Andrea is. So it was a wonderful compliment.
1: So all three of us (laughs) just became great friends. Yes, we did.
0: But yes, so that's, we met at CUNA Management School. Um, So yeah, so I guess, I know that you went to University of Utah, you got your undergrad degree there. So yeah. it's kind of you've gone full, full circle.
1: circle. Um, yes, so I graduated from the University of Utah. but while I was attending University of Utah, I worked at a credit union. Oh and um, I kind of did a lot of things while I was in college and my undergrad. So I was working at the credit union going to school. Uh, but then I was also I got an internship at a radio station. And I don't really know exactly why. It just seemed very interesting and exciting. Mm -hmm. So I got an internship at a radio station in Salt Lake City that's fairly popular. They have a very, like, the number one morning show. Oh, cool. Um, And at first, it was very much like printing out paper and getting coffee. But it evolved into different things and being on air. And at one point, one of the hosts, there's three, two men and and a woman. And the woman that was the host got married and had a baby so she went on maternity leave and they Mm -hmm. asked if I wanted to fill in for her um, for that period of time and so that was really exciting I had a really good time doing that so Mm -hmm. and and that's like a fun I don't know that's like a fun trivia fact about myself that I was on a on a radio station so I was they called me girl intern so like very creative naming Great. Now, things would probably be different huh, so I was working at the credit union, working at the radio station, got a degree in public relations or or now that would be called strategic communications. Mm-hmm. Every university probably calls it something a little bit different, yeah. and when I was ready to graduate, I was working in collections at the credit union oh okay, yeah, I started I just moved up the ladder was a teller worked in collections. When I was ready to graduate, um, the marketing coordinator for the credit union was getting married and moving to California. Mm -hmm. So I put together my resume and emailed it to the marketing manager, marketing director and said, hi, I'm Jessica. We never met. I'm getting my degree. I'm really interested in this position. You know, I'd love to talk to you more about it. And uh, that worked out and I got an interview and got the job. So that was really exciting. So when I graduated, right when I graduated, I kind of moved into this new position. Mm -hmm. So I worked in marketing as the coordinator for a few years and then our VP of marketing left and I uh, was promoted to marketing manager, Mm -hmm. which is when I undertook the CUNA school experience, Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, but only made it two years at CUNA school. Uh Um, And... Left the credit union and went to the University of Utah, and I've been there for about three years. Yeah,
0: that's great. So you talk about how you know you kind of got a degree essentially in like kind of marketing, like communication stuff, mm-hmm. and then you you then just like kind of you didn't fall into the role. Like I, I imagine it took some work, yeah, you know, just to to prove that you were right the right person for the position, but. Was there a moment in your career, or maybe it hasn't happened yet? I'm not sure,
1: but was there a moment where you felt like you broke into your role? Yeah, I think working at the credit union and being promoted into a marketing manager, marketing director position, Mm -hmm. I felt really like that was, I'd really made it. You know, like that was a big deal. And Mm -hmm. I was really proud of myself for getting that that promotion Uh and thought that that's what I wanted to do, right? And I think credit union culture is such that, It's a great place to work, and a lot of people have worked there for a long time, so there's a lot of community and camaraderie, so I just felt really excited to have this new position at a company where I just got along with so many people and had so many great friends and really thought I was just forging ahead on this path of Mm -hmm. opportunity, but after about two years of that, as much as I loved what I was doing, Mm -hmm. I just didn't feel like I was being challenged in some of the ways that I wanted to be challenged, Mm -hmm. and I'm, like, the biggest cheerleader for credit unions ever. Like, everyone, if you don't have a credit union account, find your local credit union. Uh Open a share account. (laughs) Um, It's, like, $5 at most places. Uh Um, I just felt like I wanted to like explore something different. You know, most of my young adult life, I would had this, like a lot of the same experiences and I just felt like I was ready for something different and something new and really wanted to challenge myself Mm -hmm. in ways that I, that I felt like I maybe wasn't being challenged in my position there.
0: So in your role now, like, I'm not sure if you have a team of people. I know you work with a lot of partners across campus Mm -hmm. on different campaigns and stuff, but in the time that you were kind of coming up in your career, did you have a mentor and are you or do you, do you think you might be a mentor to others now or is that something you actively try to do?
1: Yeah, I feel like I did have a mentor and I, and I don't know if she would think of herself as my mentor, but my previous boss at the Credit Union her names Andrea, I have always looked up to her. She's always been confident and just a great role model for me as a woman in business of kind of how to be successful, and also what's important and what's not important, but I really still see her as a mentor in my life, so hopefully that doesn't freak her out to the <laughs> sure
0: But, yeah, but, um,
1: and she's always, I, I sometimes wasn't sure, like, what a mentor is, right? Yeah. Like, I think that definitely over the last, like, five years has been something that especially on college campuses, we try to encourage students and we try to help connect them with someone who could be a mentor and there's lots of mentorship programs. But definitely in my college experience and my work experience, that wasn't like a structured thing. But I very much felt like she was someone that I could look up to and aspire Mm -hmm. to be like. And also I think she always just kind of looks out for me and Mm -hmm. like finds cool opportunities for me. So she recently we've kind of like – Gotten back together in a business sense because she asked me to join her on a the board of the YMCA of Northern Utah. Mm. So we're both board members there, which is kind of fun, and we get to do some philanthropic work together. (laughs) Yeah, so that's really exciting. So I and I and I could look to her for advice and have, Mm -hmm. and I feel like she's given me good advice even when I didn't ask for it. So Mm -hmm. I think of her as a mentor. Um, and I just have a lot of, like, strong women in my life. Like, mm-hmm. I look up to my sister a lot. Yeah. She's a teacher who has a baby and <laughs> is just very smart and poised and I think offers me a lot of insight into kind of the person I want to continue to be. Mm-hmm. And as far as me being a mentor to others, I feel like in a lot of spaces, I feel like a leader, but mm-hmm. I don't know that I have, like, a mentor relationship yeah. with a in, another individual person. Yeah. Yeah. I think a
0: lot of times mentors don't realize that they're mentors. Mm. I, yeah, I haven't come across, I mean, this is only my 10th episode, Uh but in the the previous nine episodes, like not a lot of people have had like, uh, like an official, like, you know, this is my mentor and know that the mentor contract that we've signed
1: (laughs) and now we have matching mentor tattoos. Yeah.
0: (laughs) So, um, so yeah, usually it's this kind of, like you were saying, like an unstructured kind of thing that just naturally happens.
1: Mm -hmm. So, um, so that's cool. I'm always giving people advice, so. Yeah. Unsolicited. Whether they want it or not. You know that.
0: That's also acceptable. Um. What was your biggest career obstacle so far slash your shittiest moment you can think of? I love when you ask people
1: their shittiest moments. <laughs> it's my favorite. Oh, I feel, I think making the decision to leave the credit union was a very hard decision for me to make. Like, I I went back and forth over it. I was really nervous about it. I felt like I was letting a lot of people down. Oh. Um, by making that decision. Mm-hmm. Um, so that decision, I kind of think that's like, that was like the hardest but best thing. I don't know if sometimes those can be the same. Totally can um totally yeah. Yeah, but like that was a really, really hard thing for me to do. I felt in a lot of ways that because I started working there so young, I was still just seen as like this young person. And I didn't feel like I was getting the, um, I don't know, I, I don't know if, say the respect I deserve. I, mm-hmm. I worry a little bit about that phrase, but... It yeah. was hard for me to feel like people could see me for who I was at, in the moment mm-hmm. without still think of, thinking of me as the person that I was when I started working there.
0: Yeah. And not to like generalize about Utah or places that yeah. are not super progressive, like California, which it, it's still across the entire country, we still are not in like the best place for women. But right. I, I feel like in conversations we've had before, like, it's still kind of there's still like a bit of a struggle for like professional working women in Utah. Sure. Yeah. Um so I imagine that, you know, your coworkers seeing you as this 19-year-old kid. Yeah. That's probably an obstacle to like moving up and getting the respect that you deserve. Yeah, it
1: was it was it, yeah. yeah, it was hard. And mm-hmm. and it was it's always one of those things where no one is doing that to you with what they would think were like malicious intentions or mm-hmm. bad intentions, mm-hmm. but I think I just, I develop a like a rapport and relationships with people that are very, I think, social and friendly. And so I think that people see me as they associate me with someone in their lives already, kind of, and then apply some of those kind of like relationship boundaries or something or, mm-hmm. or, or interactions in that same way. So I just, mm-hmm. I felt like I was working and, and the credit union. There were many people that were much older than me, and especially like our board of directors, you know, were much older. So I think it was, I felt like it was an additional challenge for them to see me um, as professional and successful and that I knew what I was talking about and knew what I was doing. Yeah. So,
0: and I think that was, yeah, that was kind of my experience too, just having been at a place. For like six years, mm-hmm. when you're when you're working at a place for a really long time like that, yeah, like people, especially when you're like in your twenties or whatever, yeah. people kind of see you grow up. Yes, but they they kind of all, like my youngest sister, for example. She will she will forever be nine years old. Oh, yeah, my mind because that's mm-hmm. old she was when I
1: left home, right? But she's now twenty five. Yeah,
0: <laughs> so I still see her as at nine. Yeah, kid. So I'm sure that happens like in the workplace, right? Too, for so sure. It's
1: different when that's you know. The Victorville Sisters. That's that's okay, but (laughs) which is a new podcast that Tatiana is going to work on called The Victorville Sisters.
0: She really wants this to be like a reality show. Yeah, which I think would be. I mean, I think would be really entertaining. I agree. We would have a lot of content.
1: Oh, tons! (laughs) So I'm patiently waiting for that. Yeah, coming soon on E. Yes.
0: So I guess, I mean, you kind of alluded to this maybe, but what was your biggest opportunity so far slash best moment?
1: So I've been thinking about this since uh-huh. we've been talking about this. And I it's it's really hard for me to say, like, I felt like moving into management felt like this big opportunity. Mm-hmm. But I feel like at the university, I've had more and more opportunities that I'm just really excited about or projects Mm -hmm. that I'm really proud of working on or just being associated with something that I'm just like, yes, like this is this is cool. This is interesting. This will make people think differently or act differently or make better decisions. So one of my uh, one of my accounts or clients that I work with on campus is our admissions office. Mm -hmm. And just recently we we've undergone a new, we pitched a whole new brand identity to them, which is a big deal because that's like the the most outward facing facet of the university. So working through that project and getting to work with all of our designers and our creative team was really exciting. And that was really, really a fun project. And I felt really fulfilled and excited and proud. Mm-hmm. So I don't know that I have like one defining moment where I'm like, oh, this is like, this is it. Like I'm really, yeah. this is it. But I, I do feel like I don't know. I just try to take every experience and think like, what can I learn from this? How can I grow from this? What do I want to do differently (laughs) the next time around? Uh Uh-huh. So. Okay,
0: great. So... On this show, I'd also like to highlight what I call hidden talents. So things that are significant to our lives that we might not add to our resumes or are necessarily work-related. So I know that you recently took a self-defense class and really loved it. Yes. So did you want to talk about this?
1: Yeah, I do want to talk about it. (laughs) So, um... I don't, like, I don't, I just, to be clear, like, I'm not, I don't work for any self-defense class (laughs) companies. I'm not getting paid or anything. But I took, so at the University of Utah, we have our own on-campus police department, and they offer lots of different trainings and classes. Mm -hmm. So through some of the social media stuff that I do, I've I've gotten to know some of the police officers and one of the officers told me about this class that they have is called RAD, which stands for Rape and Aggression Defense, which is a little scary when Mm -hmm. we hear it. Mm -hmm. But it's a self-defense class for women that teaches you, the goal of that class is to teach you how to escape from a bad situation. So if someone tries to tackle you, grab you, pull you into a white van with no windows, you know how to get away. The ultimate nightmare. The ultimate nightmare. Yeah. So I took that class. It was four weeks. It's it, at our university, it's $25. So it's super affordable for the, whole, like, for the whole, entire class. Oh my gosh. And it's a lifetime like education. So if I were, if I want to take it again in six months or six years or 16 years, I, I can for free.
0: Oh my gosh.
1: So I learned a lot because I box, like I'm a boxer and I love boxing, but boxing is not self-defense. Self-defense is this different thing that teaches you how to protect yourself. Mm-hmm. Also, it felt like really confident and empowering. Uh, and I told the, the police officer that is the instructor and she's excellent and taught me a lot of different things. But I said, I feel like you've taught me how to save my own life, which I hope I never have to do. Mm-hmm. But it was a really a really cool experience to go through, also with a bunch of really cool women who are just like badass. And I was so excited um to be doing all these cool moves with them. Uh-huh. So I highly encourage anyone get a friend, go alone, get a sister, a cousin, mm-hmm. a neighbor, a classmate, whatever. But um look up RAD, R A D, yeah. Rape and Aggression Tra- Defense Training.
0: So do they have that like everywhere? Yeah, it's a national oh. program. Oh, my- Gosh, okay.
1: Also, I'll show you the graphics in the book that they give you. That's they are amazing okay. and so 80s and you will love them. Okay. I want to frame them. But yeah, I feel like it's designed for women. It's only only women can take the class. Mm. Um, and it's a really empowering experience not only yeah. from the idea that you could, you could defend yourself, but also the idea that, like, I think it just, like, develops your presence in the world and you feel more confident. Okay. One thing I hear some of my friends say is, like, walking to their car at night. Like, they keep their keys in their hand so they could attack someone, mm-hmm. which is great. But if you took this class, you wouldn't probably even worry about that because you'd already know 15 other ways to get yourself out of a situation and protect yourself. Wow. So I hope I never have to use it, but yeah. I'm so glad that I know, and I think every woman okay. should look into it
0: yeah that's great that, yeah i thought that was like specific to just university of utah no it's so.
1: a it's a national program okay so. cool
0: so yeah we'll find the link for yes that, we'll post we'll the link on the website of segment is we're, we're going to dive into the listener question oh, okay. of the interview. So I have about four questions for you okay. from listeners. So the first question is, what kind of market research and or communications has been the most effective for campus students as opposed to maybe the general public? <laughs>
1: Okay, so that's a a little bit of a tricky question, but maybe I'll describe kind of how we look at audiences at the university and that could help maybe answer this question. So we definitely have a large internal audience. So that would be students, staff, faculty, administrators, people that are on campus Mm -hmm. um, is our internal audience. And then I would say prospective students, parents of prospective students, our community, both like locally uh, at a state level and even nationally. Would be a separate audience. So for market research, that would that comes into play more when we're talking to like the community audience or the or a national audience, things like that. But most of the campaigns that we run, a fair number of them, were promoting events or programs that exist on campus that are being driven by a college or a department. Okay. So, for example, we uh, two years ago. It's Supreme Court Justice Sonia Sotomayor came to campus and spoke. So the the community may have looked at that and said, "Oh, the University of Utah has brought her to speak." But that was driven by a department. So they have programming based around different goals and themes. And so a department invited her to speak. So our job was to um, market that to the campus community, tell students about it, administrators, get people interested. Mm-hmm. And then also, um, I guess, express to the larger community, you know, talk talking about how we're contributing to our community, how we're working on, I don't know, educational programs at the university to create and educate like this new era of leaders and yeah. um, entrepreneurs and doctors and people who want to be. Uh, write or create art. Yeah. I'm a humanities major, so I'm a champion of the humanities. (laughs)
0: That's terrific. Yeah. Uh, They get a lot lot of flack. I think they do, too. Um, so, just going off of that, just from this is my own listener question. Yeah, well, it's not really a listener question, but in episode five, mm-hmm. we talked to my favorite millennials, yes, in Madison. Uh huh. I love that episode. And <laughs> We talked about you know social media, what's cool, what's not cool. Um, And I'm wondering, I know that you work closely with the social media person Mm -hmm. at University of Utah, and I follow you guys on Snapchat and pretty much everywhere. So you
1: follow us on Snapchat at at Univ of Utah on Snapchat?
0: I sure do. Oh, thanks, Tatiana. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm just wondering, like, do you have any, I guess, insight into, like, where, because you guys are, and I guess that's kind of related to this question a little bit, like, you guys are marketing to students. So students are these... Young people, obviously, and they are on the pulse of what's cool. So, like you guys, have to be on the pulse of what's cool. You got to try to be social media. (laughs) So, like. What are your thoughts on where kind of social media is going? And, like, are you guys using some apps more than others? Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: so at the university, we have a social media manager. His name's Andy. He's great. And he's very he's, – he's awesome. He's really smart and finds a lot of, like, cool, interesting angles, I think, to engage people on social media. Okay. The platforms we use, we use Facebook, uh, pri- These are the primary platforms that we use. Mm-hmm. I mean, we have a LinkedIn page that actually performs well, but okay. So the platforms we use primarily are Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Snapchat. So I am involved a lot with Snapchat, but have but have been involved more over the last year or two talking about ideas with social media and ways we can engage people, all kinds of people. Mm-hmm. So I think we try to create uh, content thinking about the audience that uses those channels we've started doing facebook live which is really fun and i really enjoy kind of hosting facebook live do Um, a lot of
0: people because i i heard that facebook is kind of dead to young people mm. so uh, do you do you get a lot of i mean you don't have to tell me your trade secrets or anything but do you get a lot of engagement on facebook live versus like instagram stories
1: sure so it's that just like the light flicker. Yes. <laughs> oh
0: no! There's a ghost that is pro Facebook, and they're yes, like,
1: they're like Facebook is not dead, <laughs> yeah. and neither am I. I'm it's back. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I wouldn't say that Facebook is dead to young people. We get a fair amount of questions on Facebook mm. Messenger related to admissions and questions like that. I think Facebook Live, depending on the topic that we're covering and that and sometimes like the time of day that we do it our engagement differs uh we've had some really what i thought would be really interesting like coverage of campus speakers or events that maybe didn't perform well as a live like during the live uh portion but later have lots of views okay. we've had um content like interviewing admissions counselors or financial aid and scholarship advisors that was highly engaged content like mm-hmm. Lots of people viewing, but also lots of questions. So okay. I think, like I would have said a year ago, like Snapchat is the thing. But I really love the changes to Instagram story mm-hmm. and all of the cool new ways you can integrate content into the Instagram story. Mm-hmm. So we use, we use that a lot okay. um, to tell different types of stories. I think we see a lot of students and prospective students following us on Instagram, following us on Instagram and Twitter. We have a pretty good engagement. And Snapchat's hard to gauge, I think we have lower engagement on Snapchat just because of the way people use it. But also recently, the platform has undergone some changes uh, like for the user interface, which I think has made it a little bit challenging as a brand to tell our story. Mm -hmm. So in the past, before they did the most recent update, the Facebook or sorry, (laughs) Snapchat would uh, show all of these stories available to watch. And you could go through either just watch them all. Mm -hmm. You could choose ones that choose stories that you wanted to watch now, if you use Snapchat, you've noticed that the interface is very different, and it doesn't promote story content. It promotes individual user content. Yep. So, from a brand perspective, it kind of changes the way that we have to tell our story. It, you almost have to figure out a way to to put that messaging out to individuals. Mm-hmm. Um, directly versus before, we could put it out in our story and people would be able to consume it however they wanted. Yeah. Also, I'm not alone because uh, Kylie Jenner also didn't like the Snapchat changes. And she tweeted about it. Mm-hmm. So,
0: yeah. Well, thank you for yeah. answering my listener question. So, the next one that we have was Was there a particular campaign, poster, or message that hit the political pulse of Utah students?
1: Mm. I, I think. That's an interesting question. I think with maybe reading into that a little bit, Uh I think that's maybe a perception that all Utah students like have the same like uh, views on the things. Yeah, and actually, but no offense to the question asker.
0: (laughs) No, and actually, that's not what you meant. Well, from your first, from the answer to the first question, like it, it sounds like you guys don't really like you work. You know, you kind of get your, um, you work on your campaigns based on what your uh, partners want to promote. Um, so, yeah, so I guess, I guess that's kind of maybe like the underlying question is that, you know, like Utah, you know, it's like the, I don't think it's the birthplace of Mormonism,
1: <laughs> but it's the, it is like the uh, it's current the, like center. Yeah, of, it's, it's the of center. Mormon, so it's like, you know, Church.
0: it, it it's it is perceived as this very conservative place yeah but you know are the the university of utah students is it a pretty conservative campus or like um have has there been any like um knee jerk reactions to things that you guys have put out we
1: strive to be inclusive for everyone we want Mm -hmm. any student um or you know we kind of have to think of different audiences like we want every student to feel like They can learn and expand their ideas, but also feel comfortable and feel like they can find a community on campus. But other audiences would be prospective faculty um, or administrators. And we want to help people understand that I think Utah is a really cool place. And I think of Utah as... An adventurous place in a lot of different ways. Mm-hmm. Like outdoor. We've we have done that this yeah. over these last couple of it's days. It's beautiful and amazing. Yes, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we have all of this exciting outdoor adventure. But um I do think there's a bit of a misconception about Utah that everyone here is very conservative and we don't maybe have anyone here with progressive views. I think our our um state and National representatives who sometimes are in the news mm-hmm. do have very conservative ideals, and they definitely were elected by people that live in the state. But um, Salt Lake City, I think, is be- is progressive and becoming more progressive. I love living here, and I'm not a member of the LDS Church, mm-hmm. and I'm very happy. And mm-hmm. <laughs> we have lots of we have lots of fun, cool, interesting people in our li- our personal lives, and I uh-huh. think of that similarly to campus. Yeah. There's plenty of room for everyone, I think, on our mm-hmm. campus. Um, But I also think uh, college is a place where you should challenge some of your ideas, whether those are conservative or progressive. I think it's important that you, and and I think about my college experience, Mm -hmm. and I had classes, I went to events, I heard speakers, I had interactions with other people that challenged what I thought I knew about the world. Mm -hmm. So I do think yeah. that it's important that people think of Salt Lake City and Utah as more than just one set of ideals or one group of people. Mm-hmm. We, we kind of have everyone here. We we have a huge tech, booming tech business. We call it the Silicon Slopes. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we do. Come, come ski the Silicon Slopes. <laughs> um, Adobe is here. Uh-huh. Uh, eBay is here. Mm-hmm. There's countless others, you know, mm-hmm. that I think help people see us as more than just like this one yeah. – One set of people in a box. Um, That being said, I think my job at the university, our job as a communications department, isn't, I don't think, to create like shock Mm -hmm. uh, or shock students or, you know, create some sort of like controversy. Mm -hmm. Our goal is to help students engage with either programs or content or education Mm -hmm. that they're interested in. Or find opportunities to engage with things they've maybe never thought of or seen before Mm -hmm. so that they can have a full experience on campus. Yeah. So.
0: So this is another Tatiana listener question going off of this answer. But like, does, I mean, I know you're you're not speaking for the university at all. These These are are my own opinions. Yeah, (laughs) these are just your own opinions. But do you think having been a student at University of Utah, do you see the the university from your perspective as being somewhat of like an opposite of BYU, which is nearby? Like, does your are you guys rivals at all, or do you? Okay, like, yeah. Do you market? So that? that is
1: a um. We we have like a very healthy sports rivalry with okay. BYU. Mm-hmm. Um, like football and basketball is mm-hmm. are the two main sports, and they call it the the dual is what they call it. They market it as the dual Hmm. Um, because it's kind of uh, so BYU is Brigham Young University and that's a private school that's run by the LDS Church. So but I think there's I think that it's it's like a fun rivalry. Okay, But we really want to promote like a healthy kind of like yeah like a healthy rivalry. And a lot of schools have that. I think there's Mm -hmm. probably California schools that have that type of a relationship. Mm -hmm. But I think that when I think about the University of Utah, um, I hope that students always feel like it's a place where anybody from any background with any goal can find a place where they fit in, can find their community, or build their own. Like we have s- over 600 student groups on campus, so that's like that's incredible. That's
0: yeah, that's a lot of groups.
1: That's a lot of groups, right? <laughs> so I think of that as this Our really There's <laughs> one person. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Could be, um, but I think of that as this really interesting kind of like example of how mm-hmm. if you're interested in something like you told me that you created a you created your own group on your college campus yeah. um, because
0: it for choice. There you go,
1: um, because you you the, there wasn't one, right. and so mm-hmm. I think that there is one for for everyone yeah. on our campus, and if there's not, then there's room to build one. So. Cool. I I mean, I don't want to sound too, like, politically correct about all this. I mean, I really, truly feel that way. I feel like our campus is welcoming Mm -hmm. and engaging. And our, so, and our brand message, like, the university's brand is, we call it Imagine You, Mm -hmm. and we, it's a two-step process. Step one, you imagine, and step two, you do. So we created these really excellent, I think, TV spots that I I think I sent you a couple links to, Mm -hmm. but I... I think our goal is to help students think of what it is that they want to do, what they want to be, how they want to change the world and then help them develop the skills that they need to do that. So I think that's an inclusive message. It and is. yeah,
0: yeah, that's great. And I think also just, you know, as an outsider here visiting Lake yeah. city for the first time, and I've said this to you a couple times already, <laughs> like I'm really, I'm really like pleasantly surprised to see how progressive it is. Yeah. Here. Like just driving through downtown Salt Lake City and just hearing that you have um like a thriving gay neighborhood yeah like that's super cool and then just to see the signs in the windows support our national parks and stuff like that like it's really it's really nice to see
1: yeah it is challenging because I think sometimes and I think this could be this could be applicable to anything but sometimes the voices that are getting lots of news coverage are perceived as the voices of everyone Mm -hmm. and I think yeah here in Utah there are definitely people who take a strong conservative view, but I think there's plenty of other people mm-hmm. who don't don't align with that. Mm-hmm. And I love living in a place where both of those voices can be heard. Mm-hmm. So I think I think that's really cool. And I do think Salt Lake is becoming more progressive. Mm-hmm. We were talking about we have like one of the biggest LGBTQIA Pride celebrations like in the West. It's one of the biggest parades. It's super fun. Um, come the first weekend of June. We have a guest room. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, come back. Uh-huh. Uh, it's awesome. very, it's really fun and it's really exciting. And you know, you you can drink here. You, you've experienced this. You can buy alcohol and drink it in public, like in a bar here.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> it is. It's a little weird. It's different. The, the <laughs> it's rules different. are different. Yeah, the rules. But are
1: different. Um, it's a little challenging. It's It's fun. kind of
0: a fun experience though because you're like you know you forget that. You know, even though we live in the same country,
1: <laughs> yeah, rules like are different states, in different places. Other are so different, yeah, but, <laughs> um, but I just think that Utah is sometimes an enigma for people, and they're just mm-hmm. like, "Oh, it's weird," yeah. and it maybe is weird, but it's really uh-huh. fun and it's really cool. And you know, there's there's like a cool, I think, like metropolitan experience here. Mm-hmm. There's an exciting outdoor adventure experience yeah. here. And if you like to ski, this is your place.
0: (laughs) Which I don't do, but that's okay. Um, I like touching the snow, that's about it. So um we have a couple more listener questions. Um so the next one is what non-academic services or programs does your campus have to boost student success? So you've kind of already talked about, you know, a lot of student led groups. Yeah. So that's probably one thing, but is there anything else that you can kind
1: of speak to? I don't I guess I don't know exactly what maybe what I consider academic and what they what maybe the question asker yeah. um considers academic maybe different. But I think we have lots of Cool, interesting experiences and programs. So we have a really cool career and professional development center that helps Mm. match students with internships and resume work and interview prep. That's how I got an internship at the radio station. Um, Yeah, that's really cool. I think we have like alternative break programs, which Mm. might be like academic or educationally based, and students may get credit for them, but. Um, students can use their fall or spring break to have uh, like to engage in service in a community that's not uh, in Utah. So they travel to Seattle, San Diego, Oregon, someplace in Oregon, Mm -hmm. and and probably countless other places. And they work on a service project that uh, benefits people in that community. That's Awesome. Yeah, that's cool. Mm-hmm. So that might be academic, but I think that's mm-hmm. interesting. There's always cool, interesting speakers coming to campus mm-hmm. that might not be part of a class or a requirement, mm-hmm. but are, are always open to, to for anybody to experience. So I was telling you that I went and heard Elizabeth Smart talk, mm-hmm. who is very well known in Utah, but also I think known other places. She was abducted when she was young and survived that experience and now works to support other survivors of sexual assault and things like that. So those are kind of cool experiences. You may yeah. be exposed to people that you didn't, you wouldn't otherwise know or mm-hmm. um, see. So mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of non, like, non-class work that's yeah. going on and opportunities for students to mm-hmm. uh, experience all kinds of cool things.
0: This is making me miss college.
1: Sometimes I feel like that too when I'm on campus or I hear <laughs> about cool programs that students uh-huh. are are engaged in. I'm like, what? Yeah, they didn't have that when I went here. <laughs> <laughs> so um, the last
0: listener question that I just kind of recycled from the last like five oh, interviews. Cool, which I love. Can- I love it. It's a question from listener Judy.
1: Judy, <laughs> so shout out to Judy with the best question. <laughs> yes.
0: So if you weren't working in marketing for a university, what other types of work would you be interested or pursue?
1: Mm. So I have two answers to that question. One okay. is like reality. And that would be, I would be really interested in like working for a nonprofit, so mm-hmm. um, some sort of charity that benefits a group of people that I'm passionate about, so sexual assault survivors, uh, Ronald McDonald House, kids mm-hmm. in need, mm-hmm. definitely women, like supporting women in any way. So YM mm-hmm. or sorry, YWCA. Mm-hmm. I would, I would love to to work in in those arenas. If I could just do anything else, I would buy a farm and live on a farm oh. <laughs> because I love animals okay. and uh-huh. the country. My grandparents had a farm that I spent a lot of time on, so mm-hmm. I just love it. It would be so yeah. fun. Like pick your chicken eggs up every cool. morning, yeah. pet your goats, uh-huh. I'd have 25 rabbits and mm-hmm. five dogs. That's cool. I love that. <laughs> pioneer woman i see you thinking Uh, of it as that is not at all anything i would ever want to do but i'm glad that you do Uh jessica that sounds cool
0: (laughs) so this is uh another question i like to ask everyone towards the end of the episode which is again doesn't have to be work related but what are you looking forward to this week
1: Mm. Well, I just said, like, a, I was really looking forward to your visit. So oh, that really got me okay. through last week. Okay. <laughs> um, but my grandparents are coming to visit on oh, Wednesday. Right. Mm-hmm. They uh, are, s- like, I think the term snowbirds, they go to Yuma, Arizona, for the winter time, And so they're making their trek back up north. Uh, and so they're doing a stopover uh, to see us in their giant motorhome. Nice. So they're excited to meet our puppy, and I'm excited to see them. I really think they're just stopping to see this dog, like... I will see them in a few weeks. I'm going to uh-huh. go visit them. But I think they're just cruising through town to meet the dog. That's amazing. Yeah.
0: <laughs> that should be fun. So is there anything that you maybe want to plug or promote?
1: So we talked about self-defense. Yes. I really want to okay. encourage that. Okay. So we'll post, we'll include some links, yes. I guess. Rad. Yeah, rad. Okay. Um, I don't really have, I'm not, I'm not, I don't have all these cool pursuits like Tatiana yeah. does, like oh. podcasts and craft businesses. <laughs> freelance work um but if you want to be friends on instagram i would love to yeah it's my public open page but just be warned that if you if you if we're friends on instagram and you post instagram stories and i think that they're funny or have any comments that i will just send you direct messages on instagram everyone
0: that's fair that's a fair disclaimer slash warning i guess
1: we're gonna be friends
0: (laughs) well jessica thank you so much for being on the show yeah thanks for having me (laughs) so to learn more about jessica and any other topics we've covered on this episode head over to our website brilliantbabespodcast.com where you can also listen to previous episodes check out our event calendar and get the recipes for the dishes we make for each episode today's recipe was our salt lake sushi roll You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Take care, everyone.